WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. When the American League wildcard game takes place tonight, everyone should be rooting for the Oakland A's to beat the New York Yankees. There's a few reasons for that. One is the A's are what the Pirates could be but choose not to be. Another is, I don't want to see a division series between the Yankees and Boston. That would happen if the Yankees win tonight. The national media would treat a division series between the Yankees and Red Sox like the Super Bowl dipped in the World Cup, doing a doggy style with the NBA Finals. But the main reason is, if the Yankees lose, it wipes New York City off the sporting landscape. The Yankees are all New York got. The Mets stink. The Jets and Giants stink. The Islanders and Rangers stink. The Nets and Knicks stink. The New Jersey Devils might not stink, but they might stink. And at any rate, they're the New Jersey Devils, not the New York Devils. They're in Newark, which is punishment enough. If the Yankees lose tonight, New York sports is swirling around the toilet and about to be flushed into oblivion. Which is to say, delete, 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 and it will be delightful, yes. So, let's go, you swinging A's. Let's go bullpen all night long. Let's go Moneyball. And hey, Yankees, and New York sports in general, guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Merch Plumbing. Cont on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing heating, and cooling needs. I'm so sad because Liverpool lost. I did a good job not indulging soccer Tourette's during the game. I'll be blunt, Liverpool Rod played the whole game. Napoli hit the crossbar while Sully was on. That was the closest I came to breaking my vow of silence. But uh, uh, that ain't good. That's... uh, a loss, a draw, and a loss in the last three games after winning the first six. Out of the League Cup, a draw in the English League, and a loss in the Champions League. And Man City Sunday at Liverpool in the league. Yikes. By the way, if you're a fan of my Steelers pregame show, which I do from the dock of the Gateway Clipper Fleet, before home games only, City and Liverpool play during my pregame show Sunday. So I won't even make a pretense of paying attention to the pregame show. I'm going to do what any radio personality in my position would do. Show up, half-ass it, and get paid anyway. I literally will not be able to take it if the Yankees and Red Sox play in the division series. It will be covered like a moon landing. F-F-S. Now, getting to that Wilson suspension, this amazes me, but, but this is a hockey player snake. A couple guys I used to coach in deck hockey, Bernie Chimmel, who played uh, for Sacred Heart University Division I ice hockey, 
And John Kalachuk, who played for my world championship deck hockey team in 2006 and played for Robert Morris's club team on ice. Bernie tweeted, that's a few games too many. And John tweeted, 20 games is insane, just totally insane. Just skate through the middle with your head down, admire every pass, and skate fast. That's the NHL now. Okay, John, but what you're ignoring is, do you want to guard against head trauma or not? Because the way the game used to be played, yeah, if you came through the middle with your head down, you got it knocked off. Some guys got their careers damaged badly by Eric Lindros. Some guys got their career ended, like Matt Cook did to Mark Savard. But now they've decided they want to guard against head trauma. And if that's truly the case, then you have to dispense with stuff like, oh, he had his head down, so he deserved it. They've concluded that no one deserves what happened to Oscar Sundquist Sunday when he got keel-hauled by Tom Wilson. And you know what? Nobody does deserve it. There should be a price you pay for skating with your head down, but it shouldn't be CTE. It just shouldn't. Hockey's one game that a lot of people, even relatively young guys like like John and Bernie, you got to get out of your head that it's not blood and guts anymore because they don't want it to be blood and guts anymore. And you know what? Maybe it never should have been blood and guts. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, you know what's disappointing? I, I, when I'm disappointed with the show... I'll say it. I've been great. No question about that. I always am, really. And it was great to have Tanger, Sully, Mike Rupp. We're going to have Dejan on. I thought Penguin fans would rally and call to talk hockey. Most of this show has been hockey. So now we're going to talk about Le'Veon Bell because apparently that's what you want. Seriously. You don't think that pisses me off? Who gives a frig about Le'Veon Bell now? The Steelers stink. They're one more loss away. Sunday to Atlanta, to their season being over. Brian Lev Bellback's not going to do anybody any friggin' good unless you have him in fantasy football, which I know a lot of you do, to which I can only add, gee, Le'Veon Bell. Tell you what, if Le'Veon Bell, if I could draft Le'Veon Bell in a fantasy league at the same time Quato would drop a ball, that'd be like three-way sex for me. I don't get you sometimes. I can't believe you're not sick of Le'Veon Bell. And I can't believe you don't see the Steelers for what they really are, which is a chaotic mess. How can you not see that? All the turmoil from the past two or three years, the minute they started losing games, well, you watch. You watch. Bubble, bubble, toil, and trouble, it all going to double. Especially if A.B. don't get his catches. Imagine if they're 1-4-1 four, and one, and A.B. ain't getting his catches. And then Bell shows up. Oi. The Toxic Twins together again. I always hoped I'd live long enough to see it. Uh, and now my call screener doesn't appear to be working properly. Because I have no calls. I did, but now I don't. Now who cares? Calls are overrated. You all are props. That's all you are is props. 
You know what I was thinking about when I was talking about Oakland playing the Yankees tonight? By the way, I got to complain about this too. Upstairs, our general manager, Tim McAleers, had 20 years in radio. They're throwing him a big party. I had my 20th year anniversary run of shows two years ago. No party for me. No cupcakes for me. You know what you need to do in radio sometimes? And I hope they're listening upstairs. Honor the guys who actually bring money into the building. Like me. Anyway, 412-333-9939. I was talking about that Oakland Yankees playoff game tonight. And it is interesting that Oakland's starting a reliever. And they're just going to use the bullpen the whole game. Because they think that's their strength. That is innovative. How many teams would do that? And that's what helped get Oakland there, the innovation. Although Billy Bean, Moneyball, his track record isn't quite what the movies would have you believe, I, I guess is a good way to say it. But when I was talking about Oakland, I was thinking about the movie. I was thinking about what a schmuck they made Art Howe look like. And I remember Art coming on the show and pointing out, we didn't win just because we signed the Moneyball guys, like Hatterberg and, and Justice and, and them. We had the three best pitchers in baseball, and they never were even mentioned during the movie. And that's true. Uh, Zito, Mulder, and Hudson. Not mentioned once during the movie. I think when they had a shot of the ace celebration, you saw those names on the back of jerseys. Uh, Dan Rosen from NHL.com just posting. Tom Wilson's 20-game suspense will also cost him uh, $1,260,162.60. The money goes to the Players Emergency Assistance Fund. Wilson can appeal a suspension by providing written notice within 48 hours. The commissioner heals, hears the appeal and rules. I bet Wilson will take, he'd get 40 cents change when he pays that fine. I bet he gets it in pennies, puts it in a sock, and hits Oscar Sundquist over the head with it. That's what I see him doing. So anyway, let's talk about Lev Bell. Is he going to show up? Will they trade him? What will they do? Can they still win the Super Bowl? Can Lev Bell save the Steelers? That's all that matters. Can Lev Bell save the Steelers? 105.9, the friggin' X. This is Sidney Crosby of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9, the X. There's a report about Tom Wilson's suspension. Gino Rada from TSN of Canada says... His suspension will cost him $1.26 million this year, and he's only making $1.1 million. So he's going to play the season without getting a single paycheck. Uh, he got a $5 million signing bonus on July 1st. I'm assuming they're extrapolating that over the year and including that in the fine. But uh, that's too bad. Can't feel sorry for the guy in any way, shape, or form. Like, I can't feel sorry for Earl Thomas. Some people just don't deserve sympathy, do nothing to earn sympathy. Ed Bouchette just tweeted, to no one's surprise, nobody with the Steelers, not a coach, not a player, not the GM, not an owner, not an executive, has heard from Lev Bell. He has not told them when he's coming back. He told the media by way of backtracking like a bitch PR-wise. But he hasn't told the Steelers. But let's talk about him some more. Will Bell report? What if he doesn't? 
Should they keep him? Should they trade him? Should they give him marijuana? That's what's important. A crap team with a fat player. What are they going to do? 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 By the way, I went up to the party for the for our boss who has 20 years in radio compared to my 22. And they have a very interesting treat, uh, pastrami egg rolls. There's a filthy ethnic joke in there somewhere. By filthy, I mean good. But I'm not going to tell it. Let's go to Seth. Seth, you're on with Mark. Good, good day, sir. I said good day. Uh, I just had a question about the Tom Wilson suspension. Um, the, the guy hits other players with intent. They're blindside hits any chance he gets, correct? Yes, this is his fourth such suspension. And I can right, think so of I can think of a handful of incidents that were deemed borderline and he didn't get punished for. So when Topper Tuzzi sucker punched that guy from Vancouver, what, 10, 15 years ago, he got charged with assault, didn't he? Yes. How's this any different, you know, than that? Well, in that case, uh, the legal system... I believe in Vancouver or Colorado, I forget where that game was played, chose to pursue it. Because, I mean, one of these times he's going to get somebody not killed, but, I mean... Who oh, no, it? he might kill somebody. He could have killed Zach Aston Reese. He shattered his jaw. Didn't just break it, shattered it. He's a sociopath. If it wasn't for hockey, he'd probably be in jail. Tom Wilson is a sociopath. He's a predator. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I just, when is a team going to maybe say, okay, we're going to pursue this further through the legal system because essentially that That's is more up to the legal system ahead. than it is the team. And uh, speaking for every professional sports team, and especially in hockey, they don't want the law involved in their business. Because once it starts, who knows when it's going to stop. And by the way, that game was in Vancouver and the Attorney General of British Columbia... Uh, pursued it. I think he's the guy up for the Supreme Court nomination right now. Let's go to uh, Cody in Ohio. Cody, you're on with Mark. Yeah, uh, I want to comment on the Lady on Bell uh, situation. Uh, honestly, if I'm, it's ridiculous that he thinks he can just walk back in halfway through the season. Well, that's exactly what's going to happen. And if I'm his teammates, I might just pull a longest yard move for a handful of plays no, you and wouldn't. when they call the snap, no, you not block for him. No, you wouldn't. Goodbye. Goodbye, loser. I'm really cool. I'd let the guy get hit. Let's go to Kenny. Kenny, you're on with Mark. Super genius. My pleasure. Hey, uh, enough of that on Bell, my God. I've had enough of the criminals. Drop the puck. Uh Deepest Penguin team in history that I can remember. Uh, they look solid, especially on D. I am totally concerned about Murray being your last line of defense with a quality NHL goal. Right, because he's only won two Stanley Cups in three years. I am. I have no concerns. He can't play every game. Um, we have AHL goaltending quality behind him. We yeah, they're play. okay. Jari and DeSmith are okay. That's all backups are in this league is okay. The only teams that go out of the way to have great backups are teams that have crap number ones. Right. Okay. I mean, I'm, it doesn't well, Let me tell you, I'm not worried about the backup. The only time I would be worried about the backup situation 
would be if he was pressed into duty during the playoffs, be it to Smith or Jari. But in the regular season, to make the playoffs, get in a tournament, the Penguins' backup goaltender, be it to Smith or Jari, probably to Smith, he's more than fine. Yeah, Up next, maybe. in studio, it's Dejan Kovacevic, 105.9. This is Patrick Hornquist of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. Joining me now in studio, he is the constructor and conductor of DKPittsburghSports.com. It's Serbian reactionary Dejan Kovacevic. Dejan, before we talk Penguins, uh, what was your take on the Tom Wilson suspension? 20 games, that equates to an over-million-dollar fine. I'm surprised they gave him that much, but somehow it still doesn't seem like enough. You know, I, I'd i be crazy to criticize it. Uh, I called publicly for exactly 20 and never, never thought they would do it. Uh, even though there was every reason to, especially from the repeat offender start. If you look at the video that the Department of Player Safety put out, they almost cut it into two parts, where one, they dissected the hit, and two, they went over his history. And that was actually the right thing to do. If you're a repeat offender, and they said that he's had four suspensions. Four suspensions for headshots and uh, at least three other borderline occasions I can recall where he very easily could have been suspended. In a span over 105 games. I mean, at some point or other, you do give the guy the Matt Cook treatment, and that's what this was. I, I guarantee you, though, although he never was going to come up in an announcement like this, that they looked at what Matt Cook did and the way they handled that. And remember that Cook's suspension was 17 games but with an asterisk because it had something to do with how far the Penguins advanced in the playoffs, et cetera. So the, the closest proximity... I think he got suspended for the remainder of the playoffs. Yeah, but whatever that so was going to be. that suspension was actually... In theory, more severe, but the Penguins went out, so it didn't uh, didn't add up to more than twenty. This is twenty, and this is a quarter of his paycheck, and this is him uh, not being out there with the defending champions. And if that doesn't get through that skull, I, I can't imagine whatever will. It won't. I guarantee he'll be suspended again. Why do you say that? Because he's an idiot. Well, okay, because that's his, obvious. Because but I mean, it's his nature. You don't think anything Dejan, will get through? He is a predatory sociopath. Did you see Matt Cook? John change? Wayne Gacy just kept killing did, and killing and that's killing. That's good. Did you did you see Matt Cook change when he came back from his suspension? Yeah, for a while. Then he took out Tyson Barry's knee. He did, but it made it look really accidental, didn't it, he? It was about as accidental <laughs> as uh, I just Matt, Matt Dejan, Like I said, those guys can't help but be themselves. No, it's true. I, you just you think about the pro, the thought process, if any, and I put that in giant parentheses as he's coming across the ice and sees Oscar Sundquist, the most harmless human being on the planet. Would be in fair, a Oscar has a really game. big head in a preseason, but he has a really frail frame. You don't. You can just kind of flick. Oscar with one finger, and he's going to knock over. It was you know? awful. awful. Let's move on to the Penguins. Uh, we had Chris Letang and Mike Sullivan on earlier today. And we you had quite about, the show, what by the show. way. Yeah, You almost would think Liverpool won. Uh, uh, we talked about the Penguins' defense core. I think the whole group is underrated, Dejan. I think it's the best defense core in Eastern Conference. I really do. I think Ricola adds depth. Johnson adds quality. I don't think there's a weak spot. And there was last year. When Ruedel had to play too much. It's funny. There's a lot of talk, and there should be, about what San Jose has done by adding Eric Carlson to a group that already had Brent Burns, Mark Edward, Vlasic. Might be too many cooks. Might be too many, and it might be too many hockey cards, to borrow your own term. Yes. However, however, Nashville, then, is, is another argument that you can make. In the Eastern Conference, I think it's fair to discuss the Penguins, certainly from the standpoint of depth, but there are a couple of... Uh, disclaimers that you have to throw in there. Chris Letang has to get back to being his best self. I think Justin Schultz has to become 
a little bit more productive points-wise than he was last season. If you have those two guys, then you start getting into that kind of argument, Mark, because now you're talking about two number ones, and that's where those debates tend to go. Beyond that, depth-wise, especially with Jack Johnson here, this version that we've seen in the preseason and with Yuso Ricola emerging the way he has, depth-wise, I would argue that this defensive group is deeper than the two cup teams. I think that argument can be made. Now, Ricola's not going to play tomorrow if Dumoulin can. No. Uh should Ricola be in the lineup? Does he have that opportunity to work his way in, even if everybody's healthy? And who does he have a chance to beat out? You know, there's a locker room culture that you have to uh, that you have to make sure that you're fostering and taking care of as a coach. Uh, we often refer to locker room culture now in a negative sense because we're talking about the Steelers. Uh, in the Penguins locker room, you want to take care of what's there. Believe me, uh, those guys are the ones, other than Jack Johnson, who were with them. Uh, through the playoffs and through, in a lot of cases, through the championships, they're not going to just take the guy at the bottom of the rung. And let's say that that's Jamie Alexiak, because it probably is. Alexiak's had a really good camp. I've been writing that. It's not as sexy a storyline. Uh, everyone wants to hear about the yeah, kid. There's just no way to get Ricola in there right there now. There just isn't right now. And 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 if, if that happens uh, over the next two, three games, great. If it doesn't, he does have to go down, Mark. He can't just sit here in the press box in Pittsburgh. That said, if a left-handed defenseman got hurt, I think he'd get recalled and jump right into the lineup. Now, staying with the defense, will Latang play less like the GM says? I, I joked about that with Latang yeah, and he... Sullivan today, and both of them <laughs> seemed to think that Latang's minutes would stay where they were at. Yeah, and I'm surprised Latang didn't bite your head off for just asking. It's not a question he he particularly appreciates. Um, yeah, he and I are a good act. Yeah, I know you are. Um, I, I've brought it up with him a couple of times, and uh, he he doesn't get mad at me. I think he gets mad at the situation. No, no, he, he gets, gets mad he, that he, it was he gets brought mad up. That people think it's a good idea. Well, he gets mad. Let's be candid here, and he can't say this, so I will. That the Jim Rutherford brought it up at all in the off season. He doesn't like that. Yeah, he believes that he's earned his measure of respect, and he thinks that he has shown management uh, in the course of this summer and now through camp and preseason that he's back to a hundred percent health. He's been really good, Mark. Oh, I know, and that's. That means more than maybe anything other than Matt Murray's performance going into this coming well, well, season. Let, let's stay with that because people say Latang and Murray got a bounce back. Yeah, and I get it, but I don't think either one was terrible. No, they last weren't. Year. They, they weren't. They just have set such a high bar. They have, but so did the team, and that's where the bar right. is really set. And when you talk about where a player needs to be performing with the Penguins, you're talking about at a championship level. Uh, it's not acceptable for Matt Murray to have. I looked this up last night. Uh, an 869 save percentage when the Penguins were shorthanded. Think about that for a second. Who's got to be your best penalty killer? The goalie. Every time. Yep. And he wasn't. Uh, he was not doing well on lateral passes. He wasn't doing well on one timers. We saw that time and time again. Uh, he's got to be better. And he knows that, and he said that, and and he believes that he will be through a weight training program where he's going to keep more weight on, uh, build up his stamina. Latang, we've already talked about. These guys are pivotal, and I use that term in the precise measure there. They are pivotal to what the Penguins are doing this season, more so than anyone else, these two. We're talking to Dejan Kovacevic, brought to you by Walnut Grill. Sprong's on the fourth line. Yeah, he is. But it's a pretty good fourth line, and I don't think they'll make him chip and chase. As long as he's not made to play like a stereotypical fourth liner, 
I think that's okay. It's, at any rate, there's no way to move him up. No, there's no way to move him up, and at least with the fourth line, he's going to be out there with two highly responsible individuals. Well, real old guys, the one. Well, Matt Cullen, not just the old in the defensive sense, but also Riley Shane in the sense that he plays all 200 feet and he's great no, no, at supporting no, no, no. I the puck. Actually, okay? I actually think those are two good guys to play with Sprong. Right, but also for another reason. We all know that Matt Cullen is great with uh, communicating, not just with... To him, everybody's a kid, okay? But to everybody on the team, Matt Cullen's not afraid to go over to Sidney Crosby or Evgeny Malkin and say, hey, you got to be doing this. And that's a valuable thing to have. But with Sprong, it's invaluable. It's it's fantastic for him to be around him. I spoke with Sprong about that very thing, and he said he's already appreciated being out there uh, with Cullen, but also hearing what he has to say on the bench and learning from him. How will Derek Broussard do? Can he adjust to that role? Uh, third line, center, third line minutes. He's a guy who was always one of his team's top guys mm-hmm. before, top six. And I don't think he rebelled against it last year, nope. but I think it's among the things that made him hiccup a bit. Can I overinflate a preseason game just for the sake of answering this question? Why not? Why not? Uh, I covered this game in Columbus last Friday where he did things, never mind the two goals that he scored, both of which were pretty nice. Uh, the fact that he was doing things specifically on the rink that I hadn't seen him do at any point last season, Mark, moving up the middle of the rink, going to the net, spraying Sergei Bobrovsky. When did, did you ever even see him go within 50 feet of the net when he was with the, with the Penguins last season? He feels comfortable with Brian Rust. That means a ton. He also likes, and I know this is a lightning rod on your show, he also likes a lot playing with Dominic Simone. He feels like he supports him well. He gets him the puck, and he lets Broussard do the cycling that he likes to do. It's been a very good line in the preseason. It'll be fascinating to see if that plays out. Gensel was a topic to me uh, because he was kind of disappointing during the regular season. And, you know, it was his second full pro season, uh, uh, and he looked like he wore out a little bit, uh, you know, because he played, what was it, 99 games the, yeah. year, the year before. Not a big dude. <laughs> well, no, no, but he busted out in the playoffs, which says a lot about him, too. It also says a lot about the Philadelphia goaltending, to be fair, but okay. What are you expecting from him this year? I, I expect to see a version of Jake Gensel that is more consistent in terms of two things. One, he's determined to go to the net more often. Uh, if you look at when he's gotten into his slumps and then gotten out of them, he's always done it by going to the net. You don't think of a little guy like that as being a net front guy, but there's a reason he's the Penguins' net front guy when Patrick Hornquist is hurt. The coaching staff loves what he does there. Uh, the other reason is that he spent the summer working uh, with his dad, of course, the old college hockey coach. That's why he's so good with Sid, by the way, because he understands he's him. a coach's son, yep. he's a paint-by-numbers kid. Yep, and the other thing that he worked with his dad was repeatedly thousands and thousands and thousands of shots because he's working to release faster because you understand that when you're playing with Sidney Crosby, the chances will be there. You have to not be uh, in a position where you're thinking about the shot that you're about to make. It just has to happen, and it has to fly off your stick in a raging hurry more than anything, regardless of accuracy. So I do think you're going to see him be a little bit of a different player and more consistent. Dejan, I'm contractually obligated to talk about Lev Bell Boo. a bit. I know, I'm sick Meaning of the topic, not him. I actually like the guy. I just I can't find any fresh material no, here. He, what else he, are you going to say? He's a dink. He's a jerk. He's a liar. He's not a jerk. Sure he is. He his, his agent's a he, goofball, oh, and his agent has his him wrapped around his... represents him. 
His agent is an extension I understand, of him. I understand that. I respect that. I also know that this guy has Le'Veon Bell wrapped around his pinky finger and has had had him that way for months now. That's what they said about Sting. Uh, I just got that. Should the Steelers automatically <laughs> take Bell back? Because I think it should depend on what their record is after six games. I see no point to bringing him back if they're 1-4-1. and one. Well, your benefit to not having him in that case is is all salary cap based or you know you're trying to work out some kind of trade although the trade deadline ends up creeping around that stage too um the other thing is is that you'd be raising a white flag and there's nothing in these guys DNA uh the Rooney's Kevin Colbert Mike Tomlin that would suggest that they would do anything like that don't forget in 2013 they were 0 4 after that loss in London and they ended up with a 500 record, so they never see themselves as out of it. So I don't see anything like if that. If they're one happening. four and one, they're out of it. What Bell's going to come back? They're going to win nine and ten with them. Who's going to run off with this division? The division's all that matters. Oh, you're you're talking just like they want you. to. Okay, who's going to run off with the division? Somebody besides them. Who? I don't. I'm not seeing it. I'll bet you noisy grand. I mean, right Baltimore's now, Baltimore's got a little bit of something going on right now. Maybe Cincinnati does. Uh, the Cleveland thing is completely phony. Uh, I just don't see it. You don't. You can look at the conference standings all you want. Ultimately, it still comes down to winning the AFC North. If you do that at seven and nine, then you've won it. Yeah, they're not going to win the division. Uh, and in that vein, is the Steelers' season just mangled? They're one, two, and one, but it feels like they're screwed already. And that's not just because of their record. It just seems like I don't see anything on a given Sunday or Monday night that gives me hope. Now, what what's bothered me the most about this start has been there have been stretches where they're just not focused now i've including my columns and coming here on this show with you i have defended them passionately from the intangible standpoint including me and you getting into it here pretty good well, at times okay all that stuff's added up but right now mark there were points in that game the other day where it was just flagrantly obvious that the ravens wanted it more and i hate to reduce analysis of a sporting event to something that Basic? Because when you thrive, when you exist in chaos all the time, when things go bad, the easiest thing to do is to give up, to just get out of that web. And when you're looking at Baltimore and how structured they were and the way they broke the huddle and the way they were breaking tackles, uh, you know, running right up the gut against established defenders, guys who I know individually care a ton but it's not happening collectively. And you can take this comparable across sports, and you'll find similar situations. Guys can be trying hard, working hard, but not working smart. And that's a lack of focus. That's a lack of togetherness. And that's what I'm seeing with the Steelers, especially in that game. Maybe they can flip the switch and get that right against Atlanta, but I don't see it. I just don't see it right now. Even if they beat Atlanta, just the same way they beat Tampa, I don't see that coming. Why can't Ben and A.B. get on the same page? Ben's throwing bad balls. I mean, that, You think A.B.'s not got, to, not got to do with it? I, I think he's got very little to do with it based on what I've watched, including isolating on A.B. I keep waiting, actually, to be honest with you, for a reason to blame A.B. for some of it. I've watched to see if is he in any kind of special coverage. No. Uh, he's, is he getting open still? Yeah. He's getting targeted. He's getting targeted, but the targets have, in most cases, been lousy. I mean, balls at his feet, balls a mile over his no, head, ben, out of ben, bounds. Ben's got to be playing He has to better. play better. Got to be thrown more accurately in particular. Yes. But I don't see A.B. getting separation on the breaks, and it looks like 
Well, he always mangled rots once in a while. That's part of the A-B package. Or, or it's more a case of the fact that Ben, his only comfortable passing schemes right now, Mark, are when he's cro- the crossing patterns. That's why you're seeing Vance McDonald get hit. That's why you're seeing Juju Smith-Schuster get hit, even uh, Ryan Switzer. That's not been A-B's bread and butter. You know, A-B's that guy that's going to fly down the side for you more than anything else. And that's been, that's been another holdup in this. But he's just got to throw the ball better. Is the Atlanta game must win? Because I think one three and one is a death. Sentence. Now you've officially asked that before every game. Now I'm I'm keeping track here. I just want you to know you've you've asked that question before. It's been an before the Cleveland question. game. You asked. No, I didn't ask for the Cleveland game. <laughs> Although if they would have won, it would have helped. It really would have. Uh, is it a must win game? It would sure as hell help. That's that's. Uh, I think it would. I think more than anything, yeah, they need the result. There's no question. More than anything, they need to start looking like something. You know, on both sides of the ball. Where's their identity? What is this team? That's Dejan Kovacevic. I'm Mark Madden. It's not time to ask Mark anything. Dial 412-333-WXDX. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Doing really well. Everything I hear from him is just some of the most insightful stuff. And did you take off your pants? The X at 105.9. Time not to ask Mark anything. Brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chapas, so do check out Chapino in the Strip and get the Super Genius Burger. Uh, let's go to Gordon in the car. Gordon, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Terrific. Hey, Mark. A couple weeks away from the uh, season premiere of Ray Donovan. Just curious how you think that's going to open up after he went down in the water last year. Yeah, what was the cliffhanger? I don't don't even remember. Yeah, he actually jumped off some bridge into into the water and was not even trying to help himself out. He was so depressed. Well, he obviously lives because the series right. continues. Right. And you know the series moves to New York, right? Yes, that's what I heard. Well, so I'm going to guess he comes out of the water and moves to New York. Let's go to Jason in Wexford. Jason, ask Mark anything. Double M, just wondering if the Madden uh, football curse is still a still a real thing. So you really think that guys get hurt depending on who's on the cover of a video game? You really think I mean, there's a definite, history tangible suggests, relevance there? History suggests that it, it's, I don't know if it's a head game. And Well, that's what they it. said about Foreigner. Uh, I mean, do you think that God determines this? Satan determines this, that Lou Graham determines this. Who do you think determines that if you're on the cover of the Madden video game, you know, you blow out a knee or you suck or whatever? And and why? Why would why would a supreme being seek revenge just because you're on the cover of a video game? I don't get it. Why would you agree to go on? I it's every year it's Why would because you get paid to go on it? I don't know. Well don't forget. Money won is twice as sweet as money earned. Money from a video game cover is three times sweeter. Let's go to uh, Mark in Indiana. Mark, ask Mark anything. Good afternoon, Mr. Madden. Good afternoon. Do you think with the uh, depth that the Penguins' defense has this season, that if they have the potential to become the best uh, defensive core that we've ever had in Pittsburgh? Well, I don't know about that. Let's not forget the 09 Cup winners had Chris Letang on their third pair. 
albeit a young Chris Letang. Uh, you had defenses back when with Murphy, Samuelson, and Coffey on the same defense core. Uh, so, no, I, I don't think so. If you say deepest, maybe I'd agree with that, but but not best. Let's go to Will in the truck. Will, ask Mark anything. Hey, what's going on, Double M? What's up? Uh, so much to mind. Is he, is he uh, on the roster, or is he like, uh, going to be playing Donna Wilkes and some of us when they need him? Who? Dominic Simone. He's on the team, period. Anything okay. else? Okay. Uh, yeah, I think uh, all the naysayers about Jack Johnson, they're going to have a real big surprise come from this year. This guy is going to blow up. I got, a, I got a real good feeling about him. I think he's going to be good. Okay, now before we wrap up for today, I just want to tell you I will be at Buford's on Fifth Avenue tomorrow, which is always very exciting before the Penguin game. And... We'll talk a lot about the Penguins, but the main topic is going to be, what about Lev? What are they going to do about Lev? Is Lev going to show up? When's he going to show up? Should they trade him? Should they pay him? Should they cut him? Should they kill him? Should they push him down a flight of steps? What are they going to do about Lev? Lev, 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 Lev. What are they going to do about Lev Bell? And why won't he call? All right. I say with the utmost sincerity, F Le'Veon Bell. And if you know him, I want you to tell him I said that. Good talk. See you out there. 105.9 The X.